Charlotte CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. But he's, we've seen him make a number of clean switches already. Oh, and look at that. He hijacked that one. The scouting report was correct. Victor Wembanyama is long. And Brandon Miller, yeah, he found out the hard way. Outside of that, the top two picks in their first head-to-head -head matchup didn't give us many highlights. However, it did provide us plenty to talk about this evening. And with that, we welcome you into Charlotte Sports Live on this wonderful Friday night. I'm Gabe McDonald. She is Grace Real. And as always, G, we got a lot to touch over these next 30 minutes. Yeah, Hornets are now in Vegas for Summer League Part 2. We may have seen a World Series preview between okay. Braves and Rays. Best in AL, best in NL, so that's exciting. And uh, we'll hear from Charlotte FC head coach Kristen Latanzio, too. His team stuck right now in between winning and losing because that's how soccer goes. You can have a draw. But yeah. let's talk basketball <laughs> because... There is a winner and there is a loser. The Charlotte Hornets hoping that they are the former tonight. Taking on the Spurs for the second time this summer, but this time with first overall pick Victor Wembanyama on the floor for San Antonio. So Spurs up six with a minute left in the first. Brandon Miller guarded by Victor Wembanyama. Fires from deep, six points in the first, already tying his point total from last game three-point game. Early in the second, Spurs up four. Miller trying to stay hot from beyond the arc, but Wembenyama showing the length, gets a piece of it and goes the other way. You know, his length is, is something scary. All right, Hornets down 11. Kai Jones in the post finds Amari Bailey, who takes it to the rim with some authority. 38-26 Spurs at the half. Now in the second half, Jones trying to one-up Bailey's dunk. alley from Nick Smith Jr. And Jones slams it. Mm, watch your head, big fella. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, young man. Spurs leading the Hornets through the fourth. Here's Brandon Miller from earlier in the game. There we go. Are we set to final? Brandon, a lot of excitement heading into this matchup. Even Victor Wembanyama picked you up on defense a couple times. But how do you feel you control the emotions and that first quarter? Man, I love it out here, man. Uh, makes me excited that he's actually guarding me. Just. And earlier this afternoon, we had some more big news involving the Hornets. The team announcing that restricted free agent Miles Bridges officially signed his qualifying offer for the upcoming season. He'll play on a one-year deal that is worth just shy of $8 million. Of course, he'll miss the first 10 games of the season as part of that 30-game suspension handed down by the NBA. Now, Bridges made his first public statement in over a year in a statement released by the Hornets. He said in part, quote, I sincerely apologize for the pain, embarrassment, and disappointment that last year's incident caused so many people. I'm grateful to the Hornets and the NBA community for giving me a second chance, end quote. Per the Hornets, a press conference with Bridges and general manager Mitch Kupchak will be scheduled later this month. And with that, we bring in the third member of our team tonight, Michael Sett. Obviously, big day today for the Hornets. Summer league game in action taking on Victor Wembanyama. But, of course, this Miles Bridges news, we knew it was – coming for a minute, but today officially made official. Just your thoughts and maybe realistic expectations for Bridges being away for the game for a year. Well, that press conference is going to be tough. I yeah. think he's going to be facing a lot of questions, and it'll be very interesting to see how he handles it. As far as him this year, I mean, the fact is he, he was active last year playing pickup games, yeah. staying in shape. However, we do know pickup games and NBA games yeah. are different. So I think he's going to be a little slow out of the gates. I think he was peaking when he last played. Scored 20 points a game. That was his career. I think he'll get there eventually, but I think the first month, maybe two months, be a bit slow. Did yeah. you like his statement? Because yeah. that was a big thing. I mean, obviously you'd like to see him say it in person. It's different when it's in words and writing, but... I think that was a requirement for the situation. I don't think we were going to see an announcement from the Hornets on his contract situation without something. 
I, I think it was what it was. And, of course, tonight, I mean, we had, obviously, the top two picks in the draft, but it seems like Kyle Jones has been stealing the show in this summer league game. Just your impressions so far of the Hornets through tonight's game. Obviously, you can only put so much weight in these summer league games. Well, first of all, with the matchup versus Victor versus uh, yeah. Brandon Miller, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that Victor could get any shot he wanted. He's yeah. awful tonight. I mean, just one of nine, but all of those shots – were easy, except yeah. when he was taking dumb jump shots. The biggest thing I noticed between Victor and Brandon was struggling with three points. Uh, Victor was 0 for 4. Miller was 2 for 8. you got to remember, the NBA three-point line is longer than yeah. both college and FIBA rules, so I think that's something that they're going to have to get adjusted to. My biggest takeaway, too, from seeing him on the floor for the first time, Victor Wembanyama, that is, is that they're going to have to learn how to utilize his size. Yeah. Like, I don't think he quite has that down pat, and, of course, the game, the NBA game over here in America is oh, much different sure. than what he's playing, too, so that's something that I think the Spurs are going to have to adjust to as well. For sure. We've got a lot more coming up with the Hornets and the Panthers, and with that, let's send it over to Will Kunkel, who's standing by with tonight's guest. All right, Walker Mel of WFNZ, my man, thanks for coming in. Let's talk Summer League basketball. Yeah. I'm never the guy that gets too high, too low during Summer League, preseason event, NFL, anything like that. In other words, you're logical is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. But now here we are in 2023, right? And I watch this Summer League team, and I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why we don't have a point guard, why we don't play an offense at all. We just go down, dribble around, and, and like, tonight aside, the first two games in particular. Should I be as upset as I am? Because it seems like a disaster. Well, there's two ways. Yes, you should be upset as you are because it's happened for consecutive years now. This seems to be a recurring problem. And so, yes, you would think the Charlotte Hornets would fix this at this point. Roster construction is a real issue. And I like Justin Robinson fine. You'd like to have a little bit better of a distributor on this roster. And this is the third straight year we've been talking about this. I don't know if you should be so upset to the point where you have this as a future indictment on Brandon Miller, for example, right. who yeah. is the guy only putting up four field goal attempts. Seven assists is great, but you want him to be more aggressive as the number two overall pick. A lot of that's on coaching. A lot of that's on roster construction. He's not completely absolved, but there are other factors contributing. It's like I want to point the finger somewhere, and I don't think anyone deserves, like, the whole finger, if you will. Right. Like, like, it's not entirely the head coach. It's, but whoever put together the rosters involved in this disaster, whoever put together the game plan is a disaster, the players in part are a disaster. I think even even less so than normal. Like usually it's about the Jimmys and the Joes, and, and if they're not performing, it's their fault. But in this situation, they're being set up to fail. Like They're not being put in a good situation, which I just don't understand. I know it's the summer league, and I right. don't want to like go down some crazy rabbit hole for no reason. But at the same point, how is Brandon Miller going to get any better? How is... Anybody going to get better on a roster that isn't designed to play basketball? Well, and look, I don't want to get it twisted. It's a really hard situation for everyone involved mm -hmm. because what happens is you draft Brandon Miller number two overall. You're asking a lot of somebody that is that high of a draft pick. He comes in, and within two weeks, you're suiting up. Yeah. You're playing right away with a bunch of other young guys that are trying to make their point, trying to make their mark in summer league. Nick Smith Jr. is out here trying to get his as well. Same thing with James Najee, who comes over after, uh, after clearing FIBA regulations because he was an international player. He's coming in trying to make a spark. Everybody is. And then you have the coaching staff where Marlon Garnett, Never coached as a head guy before, assistant coach yeah. for sure, and has been here with Steve Clifford this past year. He was a James Brago hire, but hasn't been a head coach. It's not a Jordan Surencamp situation where Jordan is the G League coach, so he knows how to run a game time experience. All of that, all of those problems, and all right, guys, you got to figure it out in two weeks worth of time. Good luck. 
I mean, but you everyone's really have, in that boat, yes, right? Yes, like Everyone's every, in that same right, boat. And the Warriors right. had blob of plays, which is baseline out-of-bounds plays. They had, okay, look at you. Like, <laughs> they were breaking down <laughs> offensive schemes, the Warriors were, in game two. We're not even. They were attacking mismatches. Yeah. There was clearly two times. Two times. I understand your point. The Hornets were clearly outclassed in the mm-hmm. first game right away, right? And then against the Spurs. And then against Golden State the second game, there was a clear team that looked way more organized once again. The fact that it's happened twice, right, and consecutive years and now consecutive games just in this individual session, yeah, this is where the frustration grows. Speaking of making mountains out of molehills, Bryce Young mm-hmm. working out with the guys at SMU, awesome, amazing, or whatever. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I think it's just normal stuff from Bryce Young, right? Yeah. Like, I think it, I think it's fine, you know, watching what Bryce Young is doing this offseason. He's done plenty mm-hmm. to make you feel really good about how he's going to handle this transition going from Alabama to the NFL. All you've heard is great things. And some of this you have to take with a grain of salt because what else is a coach going to say? What else is some of his team? What yeah. are some of his teammates going to say? But you don't have to go the extra mile on some of the things that we've heard about Bryce Young. There's plenty that we hear about the franchise QB, why you drafted him number one overall, to feel great about all of these other things that he's done. The conversation we had last night, the Panthers put out a tweet saying there are two more open seats in the ring of honor. Who are the two that you think should get in? The guys I keep coming back to, I think Julius Peppers is one. That was one of mine. My favorite stat of all time, by the way, just my favorite thing, is that he's made – two all-decade teams, Yeah, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. I think he's the only guy to do that. Only player to play in the Final Four and Super Bowl, Which is another favorite. Yeah, complete freak. So he needs to go in there. And also, if we're just honoring the best players to put on a Panther uniform, put Julius Peppers in. Right. So Julius is one. I go Moose. Really? So I'm not on the Moose right Not because he wasn't good, but if you look at Greg Olson, Jonathan Stork, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis. Sure. Luke Keekley is good just because he was the best linebacker in the game for his stretch playing. The only knock you have on him is length of career, but I'd brush that off. I think it's more of an NFL Hall of Fame issue than it is your ring of honor for the Panthers. I like like that the Carolina Panthers, when David Tepper took over, I like that they honor guys before they get to 80 years old. Like, there's no reason to wait. So I think Carolina is doing a great job at bringing some of those guys in and honoring them right away. But it's time for Moose. I mean, Moose is one year away from being an original Panther, having played since Carolina was in existence, right? For him to have led the league in touchdowns, receiving touchdowns one year, for him to be one of the more underrated receivers during his time in the NFL, playing a big part in that Super Bowl run, having the longest touchdown reception in a Super Bowl. There are plenty of things you can point to, and even Smitty calls him big brother. I, I think now's the time to honor a Moose and Muhammad. So See, Julius Peppers, Moose, those are my guys. That's interesting because I look at – I know it's not flashy and everyone's going to go, ah. Oh. Ryan Khalil, like five-time oh, pro bowler, three-time I, all pro. I have no problem putting him in, right? There's only two. If yeah, exactly. If they're, put, so, if they're putting in two guys, then those are the guys I choose. But if you want to wait a little while and then put Ryan Khalil, I have no problem with that, being one of the better centers in the league during this time. I think we all agree that eventually Luke, Thomas, yep. Greg, Julius, Moose. 100%. Maybe John Casey. Yeah, I, know, I, agree. I agree. I think Eventually all get in. Yeah, well, and people will bring up the whole kicking it out of bounds thing with mm-hmm. John Casey, but there's so much better. He's a leading scorer by, yeah. by more than double. Yeah. Graham, he has 1,400-some-odd points. Graham Gano is 700. Yeah, like, you're I'm fine with putting John Casey in. He deserves it. I think that's the best way to end this conversation with okay. kicker conversation. Uh, it's the best. Special teams, baby. Walker, thanks, bro. <laughs> Guys.
Appreciate it. Well, in a quick update from Vegas, the Hornets would fall to the Spurs 76-68. Brandon Miller bounced back with 16 points and 11 boards. Shifting over to Soccer Charlotte FC, has tied their last four matches, and the best team in the MLS is coming to Charlotte tomorrow. What needs to change? we got the answers coming up. And if you were thinking we needed a little more wrestling on CSL, boy, have we got you covered. We're looking back on the anniversary of two great events with a guy who was there for it. We're talking with former WCW wrestler Lodi later in the show. All right, and quick six already off the rails. Mike is going to tell us who his ultimate man crush is. And I will tell you what parts of the Panthers roster you should be happy about and most concerned about. Not as good as Mike's answer, though. All that is coming up when Charles Sports Live returns in two minutes. Best of the AL and NL Braves at race. Charlie Morton getting the start tonight for Atlanta. Wander Franco takes him deep. The early 1-0 lead for the race. All right, top two, Tyler Glass now. Yeah, he had some pretty good stuff tonight. Gets Matt Olson looking. Sean Murphy and Eddie Rosario go down two. Glass now had six Ks through two innings. Sean Murphy, however, would get his revenge in the fourth. He blasts this one deep to right. Two-run shot gets the Braves on the board and on top 2-1. Braves an ALNL record for most home runs before the All-Star break with that one, number 167. Matt Olson in the sixth, up the middle. Last time I'm going to come up after the play in some pain. He would leave the game with an apparent injury to his non-throwing hand. He went five and two-thirds, allowing just one run and eight strikeouts. Ninth inning, same score. Rysel Iglesias in to close it out for the Braves. Taylor Walls. Goes down swinging. Iglesias' 16th save of the season. Braves have won 26 of their last 30 games. On the other side of that, Knights trying to snap a five-game losing streak. They're winless at home this week against Jacksonville. Victor Reyes gets a cut on one. It drops out and left. First run of the game is an RBI single, and it's brought to you by Reyes' team-leading 60-second RBI of the season. Charlotte up four now in the second. This one's going to have some carry, but not enough. You don't know why? Because it is caught out in center by Billy Hamilton. How about that catch? But that wasn't even the most impressive thing he did that inning. How about this? Hamilton hammers it to left field, and that puts the Knights up 5-1. The Jumbo Shrimp, unfortunately, rally in the fourth inning to gain the lead. Knights would not regain it, and they drop their seven straight, but not before Billy Hamilton makes another great play out in center field. Climb the wall and everything. Knights fall 11-6. Look at that man out there. All right, well, your hometown soccer team isn't playing poorly, but they can't win. Charlotte FC has tied its last four matches, and the club hasn't won since May. Now, tomorrow they get another crack at it against Cincinnati. The match is at the bank, and the upper bowl is actually open for this one. Cincy has lost their last two matches, despite being the best team in the East with 44 points. Charlotte has 25, so this is a big one. And if the crowd can get a lead, they need to keep playing hard. And that match at the bank gets underway at 7.30, coming up tomorrow night. All right, 27 years ago, Hulk Hogan shocked the world. Up next, we look back on the night the ultimate good guy became a bad guy with a former colleague of the Immortal One. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. Keep it here. Yeah, brother. <laughs> well, this week marked the anniversary of not one, but two major events in wrestling history. On this day in 1996, Hulk Hogan did the unthinkable. He turned against WCW and founded the NWO with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. If that weren't enough, yesterday marked 25 years since WCW's 
big show at the George Dome. That night, Bill Goldberg took down Hogan in front of nearly 50,000 fans. Star resident Brad Kane, formerly known as Lodi, wrestled on that show. He looked back on both events with me earlier today. I think it mesmerized everybody and like really obviously reinvigorated the wrestling fan and the turnouts and the numbers for the shows. But the, the night Hogan lost to Goldberg and we were in front of 46,000 people, that's just, that was somewhat mind blowing to see that many people, you know, at a wrestling event. We got much more on Lodi coming up on Sunday. This guy's coming off a major life-threatening event, but apparently at 52, he has not wrestled his last match. Well, we will have that full story Sunday night here on Charlotte Sports Live at 10.30. But right now, it is time for Quick 6, and we welcome back Brian Blakely to the show. Let's put two minutes on that clock. Maybe. 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 Hey, we, hey, go. we got go. it. All right, Gabe, we're going to start with you. Yeah. What worries you the most and least about the Panthers roster? The most right would be the lack of cornerback depth because obviously we saw towards the end of last season deal with injuries, how much that room definitely underperformed. I think worries me the least, offensive line. We know what those guys bring to the table. They're going to have another great year, I'm sure. All right, Mike, which team will be more relevant down the stretch next season, Hornets or Panthers? That's a real tough one because I think both will be in the conversation for postseason play. I think the Panthers have a stronger chance of getting in, but the Hornets are capable of getting to that playing game. All right, Brian, what's your takeaway from the Hornets Summer League? Ooh, uh, <laughs> it is Summer League. <laughs> if you have one. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Sacramento was less than uh, stellar and inspiring. Uh, tonight, a little bit more passion. I want to see somebody win, and, uh, yeah, we haven't won one yet. I want to see a little bit more structure. Like, I get it, it's Summer League, yeah. but, like, What's the whole thing? Practice how you play? Like, I just think true. there should be a little bit. Just running up and down the court. No schemes. <laughs> I know. All right, Gabe, who is the best running back in the NFL right now? It's King Henry still. I mean, he's obviously one of the more dominant guys. I mean, who wants to tackle that man? The dude is huge. He's definitely still the top guy right now in the NFL. All right, Mike, this is probably the most pressing question of the night or that we'll ever ask you. Who is your man crush? You know, I don't have one now, but I would say the closest I ever had a man crush. His name is Tribble Reese. He was a quarterback <laughs> for Clemson. Just had this hair that I was jealous of, this jaw that I was jealous of, and he was on The Bachelor. I mean, this guy, he's a model now, he's an actor. It's like, wow, I wish I could look like that. All right, Brian, you lived out in Hollywood for a time. Biggest celebrity you play pickup basketball with? Well, I played at the Sports Club LA, which is Equinox right now in West LA. There's a lot of stars that came through there, but uh, Kevin Conley from Entourage played with him a lot. Uh, Adam Sandler played with him a lot. And of course, Mark Cuban, we played with him quite a bit. And also Shaq and Magic. And then I also watched Randy Moss and T.O. duel it out. I was on the same court. What about O.J. Simpson's buddy? Oh, Kaylee Kato Kaylee. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> played basketball with him a lot, too. That's great. All right, that is Quick Six. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back. Back here with our QC crowns. Mine tonight going out to former Johnson C. Smith women's basketball star Shania Jones. The High Point native recently signed her first pro contract and will be heading to Croatia to continue her basketball career. And she definitely saved her best season for last with the Golden Bulls. As a senior, led the CIAA in scoring with an average of nearly 17 points per game, which led to her being a first-team all-conference selection. Congrats to her That's on being awesome. able to, to continue her career. No, it's great. I mean, just to see her being able to continue her dreams, going overseas to get it done, definitely a big salute to her for sure. Absolutely. Congratulations. All right, my crown tonight going to David Bednar. It's a couple days old, but... 
good enough. We want to throw it on. So he replaces Clayton Kershaw in the upcoming MLB All-Star game. Clayton Kershaw obviously out with injury, unfortunate. But the Pirates and Dodgers just wrapped up a series together. And Bednar left this, a cooler of quote-unquote Pittsburgh's favorite beer. I feel like that's a debatable statement. But he <laughs> left it for the 10-time All-Star that he replaces with a note saying, Mr. Kershaw, this is this is for you. Just a nice gesture. Hey, no, it's, like, it's, it's always It's good showing to respect that. to a great you love nah, to see no that. No doubt. Kind of I mean, stuff. anytime you got some beer in it, on a hot summer day, always a good time for sure. Well, for Grace Grill, I'm Gabe McDonald. We're going to do it again tomorrow night. Charlotte FC back on the pitch at 7:30. Get out to the game. Going to be fun. See you guys tomorrow night. Good night.